millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week in League, Struggle Street Season 3 announced as the Tigers release a new documentary. 2,000 years of child rape finally gets consequences as Tommy Rodonicus yells cattle dog at Jesus. Warriors busted smuggling bats and pangolins as trans-Tasman travel bubble may force them to return to their families. Plus, we look ahead for all the action on round five of the 2021 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 388 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How you on there, fellas? Oh, so I jumped in early. How you on there, fellas? Good, mate. You all right? That's good. You have a good week? Stepped out had a birthday. How was your birthday, mate? Mate, it was fantastic. Any any highlights you, 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 want, to, you want to share with the community in general? Oh, you know, just um, some great loot and... Uh, Know, felt uh, very, very spoiled by by a couple of special people. One in the morning and one in the evening. So mm-hmm. all, all in all, winning, fucking winning. No furry Excellent. costumes, unfortunately. All those days are behind you. Let's be honest. Yes, they are. Yeah, mo- mostly they are. They're well and truly in a leather-bound book <laughs> that I read in my <laughs> large recliner. Reminiscing about my glory days, <laughs> a, a, a brief, a, a brief glorious period of time <laughs> where I realised, like I, I kind of like it, it was my Des Hasler moment. If go if, on, if sex was the game of rugby league, I had the moment Des Hasler needs to have, where I just realised how far removed from the current generation I am. And much like the, much like your kayaking career. <laughs> so, now I, I, I just I need I need to retire to park footy and just take take my half a dozen hit ups a game. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe once a year I'll throw in a chip and chase. Maybe, but. Uh, Drench myself in Gatorade at the end, regardless. Tremendous. Anything you want to get off your chest at the start of the show there, real dad? Uh, no, I figure I'll leave it for the show. You guys have bullied me before we hit record, which is becoming a bit of a tradition for every fucking episode, quite frankly. It is. And, I, and can I just say, can I just say one, one thing about it? No. It's like, fuck, it's fucking fun, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's 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 something I look I look forward to. I look forward to our Viking clap to start the episodes as well. It's just uh, it, it's just it's a proper great fun. it's, it's a proper fucking back. stitch up is what it is. This whole fucking clap scenario. Well, the reason it's a Viking clap 
is that Nathan and I clap and Glenn talks about how much he enjoys rape. <laughs> <laughs> More pillaging is my thing, but hey, whatever. <laughs> now, we have uh, recently launched our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation. And as part of that, we just like to pay homage to some of our wonderful patrons that have joined up with us uh, recently. So I want to give a special shout out to Kieran, Peter Gregory, and Mo. Mo especially is like long long term supporter of the show, not as active on the on the socials as as he used to be, but it's uh, great to see him still on board with the with the show. So thank you guys for your wonderful support of the show. Absolute and, uh, legends. If you blow, yep, absolute Champions. legends, all of them. And we are all praying to whatever we hold dear, in whatever shape our prayers come in, <laughs> square, circle, or otherwise, that we can uh, have a grand final meet up with you all this year. Definitely. And if you would like to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation. Now, first things first, let's get into the news. And we did have some uh, sad news today with the uh, the news that New South Wales fucking legend, Tommy Radonikus, has departed this earthly realm after uh, at the age of 70 after a long battle with cancer. Uh, played 20 times for Australia. Um Obviously, real dad would be, you know, he'd be beloved there with his Western Suburbs uh, career. And, uh, of course, he coached the New South Wales State of Origin team in 97-98, uh, which did uh, did provide him one of his most iconic moments with, of course, uh, the whole cattle dog call. Mm. Um, one of the one of the great characters of the game. Uh, one of those guys from, like, the, you know, the game, the game of the past, but along with... Yeah, Artie Beetson, one of the guys that that you know certainly contributed to making State of Origin what it ultimately, you know, what it what it became, you know. And um, sad news. I mean, it's been a very long time. He's been battling cancer for a long time. I mean, I remember, yeah. you know, you, you know, when when people go through these uh, extremely long battles, they you know that there's always a period there where they you know they've beaten it. In quotes, and you sort of hear that good news, and then, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it, well, it didn't hold; it wasn't to be, and I uh, passed away today. Now I know recollections of Tommy. Everyone's got their recollections. Um, I think, given the Western Suburbs connection, the strongest connection uh, here in this uh, in this room, virtually speaking, would be you, Glenn. So why don't you share us some? Uh, Tommy Radonikus recollections. I guess um, you know when Tommy was playing, I was uh, I was very young, but um, <clears throat> I remember my, my dad used to uh, was a living manager at a at a pub um, in Auburn, which is not far from obviously Lidcombe Oval, the home of the Magpies back in the day, and um, I remember being very young and used to sit uh, in. It's probably not. Uh, something that you would be allowed to do today, but I used to inhabit a certain area of the pub whilst my dad worked. And um, he, on a few occasions when I was there, a gentleman by the name of Tommy Radonikus would come in and, and have a beer and have a bit of a chat with my dad. And um, just, you know, he was, the, he was the guy behind the bar, so to speak. But obviously they had a little bit of a connection. Um, I wouldn't say they were close mates or anything, but the fact that obviously... Dad wasn't shy in letting everyone know he was a very passionate magpie and 
and um, had played for the, the club in lower grades, etc. And told me he'd come in and have a beer with. Um, and it was only really my dad was a pretty straight up and down guy, and he probably didn't um, revere anyone. Um, but Tommy always got. Um, you know, very special VIP treatment from the old man, which is how I sort of recognise that Tommy was someone pretty special. Um, and to to put it in context, the only the only other footballer and Dad employed a few footballers, first graders um, at at the pub there before it was professional. After super, you know, around that Super League sort of time, there was guys that were um, working at the bar. They were playing first grade, and Dad couldn't have given a fuck about them to be quite honest they were just people at the pub but Tommy and and the only one that came close was was Arthur Summons uh who who uh used to come in with a, a former trainer of the Magpies by the name of Herbie Smales uh who dad was great mates with so um that's how I knew Tommy was very special and and as I got older I realized you know what he meant to the to the Western Suburbs Club and and what he stood for and and in you know later years coming back and, and coaching them and, um, you know, just just a, a guy that, much like my, my, my dad who died at a, a pretty young age, that lived to excess, loved to drink, loved to smoke and, and made no apologies for that and uh, loved some colourful language and, and one of my favourite moments of, you know, watching Tommy being interviewed, he, he's, you know, I'm Tommy Rudonicus, I am who I am, I can't change, you take it or leave it and it's, probably you know something we can all take a bit from but as a footballer he was um he was of that era era where you were you were tough and take no prisoners and he um he lived that and that carried over into the state of origin arena and um and you know through his you know life after football whether it be coaching or or just being a a personality in the media so he'll be sorely missed by uh, by everyone in rugby league, but certainly is a special place in in every Magpie's heart for for Tommy. Hmm. <clears throat> Anything you'd like to add to that, Joe? Mate, I I love the fact that that Tommy was from from an era where you know you know how we say now that that no no one player is bigger than the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy was almost that style of, you know, no one player is bigger than a fan, and you could really see in the way he carried himself, you know, both when he played and and after he stopped playing, and and the the different roles he had in and around the game, was that he was a fan with you, and I remember growing up, you know, I lived in <clears throat> in similar areas to Glenn. And he'd be there at uh, at a trade station at seven in the morning, cooking a barbecue and taking you know gold coin donations to give to charity. Yep. Um, one of the the greatest Tommy stories I had was um, I don't, I've told it on the show before. I'm absolutely positive, but I'll, I'll tell it again. It was my mother was a teller um, in the Westpac Bank at Campbelltown for many many years while we were growing up, and this was back from you know before the days when there were you know, giant <clears throat> perspex screens in front of bank tellers. There was a, a a couple of, you know, little ropes. That was the protection yep. from uh, the world. And it was, you know, pension day or Centrelink day, one of the Thursdays. And there was a, a bloke in there and he'd come to her window and he was trying to get money out and there was no money in his bank account. And 
this and the other, and he was starting to get more and more belligerent and angry and angry and angry and angry. And eventually he's, you know, started to freak out and he's reached over and, like, grabbed her arm. And he started screaming, you better give me my fucking money and you don't know who I am. I'm, I'm schizophrenic. And a gentleman stepped out of the line and just touched this man on the shoulder and said, if you're schizophrenic, maybe you've told her the wrong account name. <laughs> and it just gave the guy enough pause. <laughs> and they could grab him and held him. Security came over and, and took him away. And the man that walked out of the line um, was Tommy Rodonicus. So. Uh, the, the fact that he was just so involved in the community. And one, one of the things I guess I found sad later in life was... He gave so much to the game, and I'm not saying the game's responsible for all of the decisions people make in their life. Far from it. Um, but I, I was sort of saddened a little bit. You know, remember when you found out that like Tommy Rodonicus was driving a cab on the Gold Coast? And mm. again, not that there's anything wrong with that vocation. It's a fucking honest way to earn an honest living. But he was sort of well past retirement age when you'd think that he should be able to to relax a little bit and, and enjoy his golden years. Um, and I don't know if that's something now that the men of league take care of in a, a more professional manner, but um, yeah, pro- probably the game probably didn't return to him all that it took. Well, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and you don't hear, you don't, you know, you haven't heard heard from him you know, in a little while, mm. but just the the absolute overwhelming level of tributes today, yeah, yeah, you know, tell you everything that you need to know about. Just, you know, what he gave and, to the game. And the, the common thread in all of the tributes I've read, whether it be from, you know, Roy Masters had, had a, a lot of stuff to say, obviously, from from having yeah. the involvement with him. There was that thread of he never thought he was better than anyone. You know, be it mm-hmm. I was a female rugby league journalist yeah. and he treated me exactly the same as he treated everybody else or, you know, I was a player in this team and he was involved and... And there was never any sort of, I'm better than you. Yeah. There was just this base level of quality with his, with his fellow humans. So. Yep. And he Which punched, is definitely a rare trait now. the fuck out of Queenslanders. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, okay, moving on. Jake Friend is uh, going to retire from the NRL uh, with immediate effect after informing teammates of his decision to hang up the boots. Um Obviously, played hooker for the Chooks through an absolute, you know, extremely recent but extremely golden period. Mm. And uh, apparently, he's told the club and his teammates of his future plans. Uh, he suffered his third concussion in the space of six months during round one against Manly and gave uh, serious consideration to his future owing to the fact that he recently became a father. And um, the Roosters are not expected to receive salary cap relief for his retirement. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think you know, given the concussions and given that he plays for a team that seems to be, you know, extremely mindful of, of that sort of thing happening yep. to their players, I think I, I, you know, I give credit to everyone involved for the way that, that you know I'm I'm sure they didn't pressure him not to retire and they would have been completely understanding and offering support and making the decision very easy for him. Yeah. Whereas that might not necessarily always be the case, especially for an important role, you know, like a you know, three-time premiership winning hooker. Mm, that's it. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's much to say on that. It, uh, it it's always no. unfortunate when a career is cut early. How early in this one is probably the saving grace. Mm-hmm. He was definitely at the end. Um, he owes the last couple of years of his career very firmly to Cooper Cronk, who, if you remember, you know, changed the way he played the game. And it almost looked like he was get, he was on the outer at the club he, when he was. first lobbed up there. He was, then, yeah. And then, and then, but you know, probably you know, much to his credit and much to to Cooper's credit as well, they got their shit together. Mm, exactly. And and he he fell into line the way that he was required to play. And then obviously, you know, they're highly successful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as a team. Biggest takeaway um, for me from that uh, from the Jake Friend retirement was that um, he's had. More than, well, he thinks he's had more than twenty diagnosed concussions, and and you would imagine as a rugby league player, there's probably certainly at the level he's played at for a long time, there's probably a lot that aren't diagnosed. That you know, you just wonder yeah. the impact. You know, it's, I'm sure every player's got their their story, but twenty just seemed like a a huge number, um, and yeah. you just wonder, even though you know he's like you say. He's, just had um, just had a child, and, and that changes everyone's perspective when they go through that. But um, you just wonder what impact that has in the next, you know, sort of five to ten years, or, and, and as he yeah, heads off into to later in life, 20, 20 actual diagnosed by a doctor concussions is that seems like a huge number to me. Yeah, and I mean, I guess a, a large portion of those may have may have happened before the NRL started really monitoring them and cracking down on you know how quickly players return if players come back on the field afterward, mm. you know, during a game and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because like I can't remember him, I can't remember him being knocked out of games that many times. No. But obviously, very you know, obviously, extre- yeah, he's had a, he's had a terrible run with it, you know, in the most recent six months, but. Um, yeah, that means there's a lot of those where he would have been, you know, back up next week yeah. or back onto the field after something, exactly. you know, mm. fucking crazy. Mm. Yeah. Are there any other news stories that you guys want to talk about in particular? I only really oh, had Tommy. I think with, yeah, that's it with the with the Tommy one. That was really the only one that I was uh, set on getting in there. But um, if you got anything else you want to discuss, I'm all for it. The Adam, Look, I think the only thing. Sorry, Mike, go for it. The Adam Reynolds contract situation with South, and and I'm probably only taking a more than a passing interest because of as I said to Jay before we um, before we hit record, I, I feel like offering a a guy that's going to be 31 at the end of this season a three year contract um, is precisely something that the West Tigers would consider and probably do. Um, which is why I'm taking a bit of an interest, and they've obviously been, you know, identified as one of the clubs that are do have an interest in him, um, as as well as the Cowboys. And I, I must say, I I do rate Adam Reynolds as a player, but I can I can definitely see South's approach and where where they're where they're at with it. So um, you know, it, mm. it'll be play out in the media as far as a. You know, a favourite son being being pushed out of the club as these things often do. But I, I can see South's position, and, and it it does make sense when you take the emotion out and look at it from a, a you know, I know players hate the term business perspective, but you know, it, it really is it from their perspective. It's to offer him a you know a a three year deal 
at this stage of his career doesn't make a lot of business sense. Yeah, look, I'm not convinced that he's not, he's not going to remain at the Rabbits. I mean, a lot of this has been just being, you know, that you know, management versus club. Sure. Yeah, you know, shit played shit shit played out in the media that probably shouldn't be played out in the media in you know in the first place. And uh, look, I guess we'll talk about that one more when something actually happens. Mm. Yep. But uh, the the only thing I was going to talk about was yep. the new story that we're not going to talk about, which is a fucking lighting a bushfire to the whole fucking league because of the situation after four rounds. Yeah, like we said on like we said on Sunday, it's like we'll talk about this in depth on the episode. Before the first round of the finals, when we're doing that, when, when on a Wednesday night, when we're talking about the first, you know, the four finals games coming up that weekend, then we shall cast our eye back and look over the entire round of data, yeah, the entire the year of data of, of an entire competition regular season, yeah, and then we'll see what inferences can be drawn. Because fuck me, at the moment, social media is nothing but my shit takes bring all the cunts to the yard. Oh my god! And it's all from people whose teams are getting fucking flogged. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so fucking obvious that this is a case of personal bias that everyone has with their own team. Um, fuck! It's so far from a crisis, especially with such a small sample size. Um, I just need people out there. Keep the faith, right? It's a long season. If you look at the top eight this year, I will predict that it will not be like markedly different from the top eight of last year, which was not markedly different from the top eight of the year before. There are gradual changes and ebbs and flows as teams go through the cycles of life, except for the Storm who fucking cheat every year. <laughs> enjoy your footy. Enjoy the moments and fucking enjoy the quality of the games because the quality of the play is absolutely sensational. From some teams. That's my rant. Yeah, I'm not, and, yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't 100% agree or 100% disagree with anyone's takes, but if you're going to base it on 32 fucking games of data, you got another fucking thing coming. Mm. You're not going to, yeah, you're not going to sell me anything after 32 yeah. games. Yeah. Not one. Well, I think there needs to be whichever way you fucking. I going. think there needs to be a greater level of fan accountability and have a bit of a look at your your own team and as as I've had to do with mine, and just say maybe we haven't adapted to the rule changes as well as some other teams because we're all playing to the same fucking rules. <laughs> Let's hit the previews for round five. First game, Thursday night, the Rabbitohs take on the Broncos at Stadium Australia. Now, the Rabbitohs, Benji comes in to replace Cody Walker, who was suspended, obviously, because that was one of the big post-match agendas, was look at these incidents that you missed on the field. He, what a grub he is. He's got to go. And, you know, they got him. Um uh, Kalama Tung is also suspended. He's replaced by Jacob Host, and Dean Hawkins joins their bench. The Broncos side, Herbie Farmworth is out injured. Richie Kenner's call up. Um, Pat Carrigan suspended. He's out. Pangai Jr. gets pushed to lock. Aziada goes to the bench. 
And uh, at this stage, the Broncos only have 20 named on in their 21. So... What, how does how does that even, how does that even work? Is that just like that? That's just that's what you've named on the first day. So tough shit. Or there's there's no way you can't backdoor number twenty one in. No, I don't think you can. Later on, I mean, it's just okay. We've named twenty, so we're I, only drawing from a pool of twenty when we I do our I think it's cuts. like I think it's like everything with the NRL. I'm sure you could put in a form to have them, you know, yeah, allow right. you to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, but when it comes to the Broncos, it doesn't They can name matter. 40 players and they're not going to come within 30 points of the Rabbitohs. And they could play Cody all Walker 30 of those out. players. A, I mean, it, simultaneously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Cody Walker is, a, is, is like unquestionably a huge out. Yes. And if in the game, an in-game situation happened where, you know, Adam Reynolds took a knock or something and had to sit down, then the Rabbitohs... That's never fucking happened before. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It happens every other week. And I don't remember if it happened last week, so maybe he's due. But if something like that happened, then look, I mean, undoubtedly the attacking potency of the of the Rabbitohs takes a hit there. I mean, it does take a hint without without Cody Walker there. However, Damian Cook's still going to do what he does, unquestionably. He One of the biggest beneficiaries to the more recent rules rule changes. Um Benji, look, he's gonna he's gonna do what Benji does. He's gonna do some shit and people are gonna absolutely you know, ejaculate and, and be like, oh my God, the old boy still got it. And he's going to do a lot of shit. He's going to do shit like miss tackles and throw yeah. balls over into the third row as well. Like, I mean, he's going to bench himself. But I just think just the general quality of, you know, your yeah, your Cam Murrays and your Latrell Mitchells and these guys, are going, they'll, they'll see the rabbit's home no matter what kind of challenge the Broncos throw at them. Yeah, spot on. Okay, the Warriors take on the Mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Central Coast on Friday. Um, okay, well, big change to the Warriors here. Uh, Fanul Blake and Bailey Sirenen are out. Bunty of is suspended. Torhu Harris starts at prop. Murchie comes into second row. Jazz Tavunga named at lock in 13 this week. Kane Evans makes his debut on the bench for the club. Uh, Tom Allen and Josh Curran as well. Now, Manly side, uh, Suli. Suli fucking... Did I read correctly? He like actually he's got like a broken, or yeah, you know, some sort of fucking back. Yeah, injury, really. Like from that knee, yeah. So he's. I don't think it's. You know, it's not like he's. He's obviously. He's not going to be wheeling himself around. But I mean, I think he's. Uh, he's going to be out for a little bit. But um, so he's out, replaced by Morgan Harper, which is great. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, you can only get these guys in when other people get injured. But at least it's a positive move. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Boyle is suspended, but also injured. And I think he's. I think when he injured his shoulder, I think he's getting a rico. So he might be done for the season, which is um, super disappointing news from a manly fan perspective. Um, Jeski in the starting row. Sipley joins the bench, and uh, I love looking at the the eighteen through twenty one this week. Are all players like I like? I'd like to see all four of them in the in the side, and you know, hopefully this means that you know they're they're inching closer closer to it. Uh, doesn't matter though. Warriors by fucking plenty. Yes, agreed. Season starts next week. I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, yeah, who knows? They might pull. A, they might pull a rabbit out of their hat and put Ben Ben Turbo in the side, give him his debut. Uh, maybe and maybe maybe we don't need Tom. Then maybe it's just like there's just this critical mass. You need two Tavoyevich is in the side to for the whole for the whole organization to reach critical mass. Uh, the Panthers take on the Raiders. 
at uh, Blue Bet Stadium. And unchanged lineup from last week, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the Raiders, um, Tapano returns. Ryan James benched. Parley and Sutton in the front row. Dynamis Louis pushed out of the 17. This is a game to look forward to, I think. Agreed. Yeah, it is. Massive game. And this is and this is going to be one of those, a massive litmus test game for the fucking new rules patrol. <laughs> because obviously the obviously the Panthers are, are you know are, tra- are traveling well. The Raiders are traveling pretty well as well at the moment. Not you wouldn't say this. You wouldn't say to the same sort of level, but they're, they're going pretty well. And so it's interesting to see you know these 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 matches where the you know the Top teams in quotes playing each other, uh, I think, are far more indicative rather than like outlying weeks like last week where it just happened to be the top versus the bottom in like almost every game. Yeah, like there was a clear sort of dis- there was a clear distinction, you know, in almost every game. Yeah, that's you it. Um, look, I thought you know it's it's Penrith and it's Penrith at home. I mean, and you know as we often do, yeah, you can't. You know, you've got to go on the on, on the form at the moment, but yeah, I look forward to, to Canberra giving them a, a strong challenge. It's going to be the biggest challenge so far for the Penrith forward pack, who are, are going to have to not only make the same ground they do, you know, or, or have over the first four rounds against these guys, but they're going to have to defend them as well, and you get absolutely no reprieve. That Canberra pack at the moment are rolling. They've got one of the craftier hookers in the game controlling what they do. And I think this will be a big test of the Panthers organization without Api Corusau on the side. You know, the the strike power that Penrith have got out wide is is probably a little superior, but then again you're dealing with guys like Rapner, who has had a a, a purple patch in his career as well. He's found some form that, that he didn't necessarily have at the back end of last year. Um, I really can't wait for this game. Yeah, I think Nichols Lockstad like be... coming off one of his <laughs> best games. Yeah. Yep. I think... Oh, he's, you remember the pronunciation for him? Klukstar. Oh, Klukstar. 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 You know what? This is probably an interesting time to point out. Um, no, no, don't worry. I won't do that. I like You're candles. Going. I like candles instead of curse in the darkness. It's all right. I'll give them oh. another couple of weeks. Oh. Oh. I think uh, Penrith at home and the way they're playing, as you say, is <clears throat> are massive factors. And and I am I am tipping Penrith to win. But I just think you, you look through the sides, and and there's a number of positions where guys cancel each other out from from one team to the other. But there's the the glaring one for me is is Hooker. You, you mentioned. Hodgson Jay, I think if he if he has a massive game, and he needs to have a massive game for for Canberra to win, um, you know, Cleary, uh, I think he you know his game last week was was strong, and you know, he he's another one. He's a glaring example compared to his opposite number. George Williams is a is a good player, but um, there's a huge advantage there for Penrith for, for Cleary and and from from Canberra. I think Jack Whiten, um, you know, probably has a slight edge over Luai, um, and and Hodgson. He's probably the one that you could make the biggest difference when you compare the two hookers. So he needs to have a massive game for Canberra to 
to win, but I'm, I'm definitely tipping Penrith. Yep. The Titans take on the Newcastle Knights at uh, Hope Solo Coliseum. The uh, Titans side, uh, Brian Kelly is back in the centres. Uh, Sammy moves to the wing and Anthony Don is out injured. Ash Taylor is listed as a reserve for this one in uh, number 21. The Knights, okay, so they've got some big changes. Kalen Ponga returns. Tex Hoy, uh, injured hamstring, is out. Mm-hmm. Blake Green comes in to replace the injured Mitchell Pearce. Clemmer is named to play despite sustaining a knee injury. Connor Watson will partner Green in the halves. Kurt Mann is out with a concussion. And uh, Randall, Solo, and Jones join the bench. Newcastle so, named a side, you pack mm. of whinging cunts. They didn't think they had enough players. Look at them. There's fucking 17 players in Knights jerseys. <laughs> Fuck me. It's not going to make a fucking difference because the Titans are going to beat them by 13+. plus. Yeah, I think so as well. And, like, look, the, Titan, the Titans aren't quite there yet. I mean, they are there from a forwards perspective. They're fucking there. They just don't quite have the talent, I think, in the backs at the moment. But, um, but they're building... And the Knights, despite having, you know, they they looked, for, you know, they, they were never going to challenge for the premiership this year, in my opinion, but they certainly had the look about that they were going to be a, a you know, almost a certain finalist. But now, when you throw in those injuries that they've they've sustained over over the last couple of weeks, they are looking as shot as any other side, and Kalen Ponga can't save it. Yeah. Again, that's just crucial positions, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's not fair. It's not. Not the the way it should be, but what are you going to do? This is you manage the best you can, and and you hope to come through at the end of the season. So you're right, Glenn. Titans thirteen plus. Doggies take on the Storm Stadium Australia Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Doggies side. Do we even so need Nick, to do Nick this Nick one? Injured. Stop. Yes, yes, we do. It's very, very important that all teams are covered, Glenn. Nick Meany's out uh, injured. Uh, DWZ is returns, and he'll take his place at fullback. Corey Allen goes to the centre. Nick Kotrick goes to the wing. Uh, Josh Jackson comes back from suspension and he'll go into lock. Luke Thompson comes into prop, which pushes Napa and uh, Renoff Tony to the bench. And Dean Britt and Joe Stimson to the reserves. The Storm. Uh, Wanda Sykes is back from suspension. So that pushes Eisenhuth to the bench. And uh, Brenko Lee and Harry Grant have been named in the extended 21 list. So they can't be too far away from clawing their way back into the side after overcoming their injuries. Now, the big question about this game, I mean, because let me tell you, this is going to be a stressful game to watch because is the Bulldogs the score less than 0.5, paying probably 6 or $7, is that going to hit for us mm. again this week? <laughs> That is my interest in this game. Do the store do the do the Bulldogs have a chance of winning? No, because you can't fucking beat beat teams. You can't even beat the bad teams unless you score points. The only team you can beat by you know with with a try is the dogs, and that <laughs> you can't play yourself unfortunately. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they, 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 you can't play yourself. I mean, they played themselves when they hired fucking sexy good bloke as their coach. But I digress. Now, so the result is a foregone conclusion. We'll we'll assume. There's no way, if if the dogs couldn't score a point against the Brisbane Broncos, they cannot score a point against the Melbourne Storm. Correct. So it's a question of how much, I guess. Uh, the Storm could this could this could this game if could. If the Storm don't anything. win by at least fifty, they need to fucking hang it up. 
Yep. How many tries Puppy getting this week? He's getting a hat trick minimum. Hat trick minimum. Okay. So so there's, there's a there's a multi there. The Storm winning with what do you say? Forty nine point five start. Yep. Glenn. Hang on. Hang Puppy on. Three. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to actually degenerate this. Let's not take the whole 49.5. <laughs> our beds. Wait, as give soon me, as, me, as, soon as I saw though. Jay pull out his phone <laughs> to, to get into sports bet, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. This is, is going to end badly again. We're going to win by 48. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. So so we want, we want Pappy with a hat trick. For sure. Jesus, you make it fucking hard to be a degenerate sports bet. What are they doing to you? Well, I'm just trying to get in and find how I actually ping him to go a hat trick. You can tell I'm not. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not a. I'm not full degen yet. Yeah. I'm so I'm 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 so 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 not a sports bet degen as I, I I don't know what my password is and I couldn't be fucked to hit the forgot password link. Tell you what, the reason the reason I've got a sports bet account is as long yeah. as I've got a dollar in there, yeah, I can watch NBA games for free. Oh yeah, true. And put it on the iPad and sit on the desk while I'm at work. Mm. As, long, as long as you've got one dollar in your account, you can watch you can the games yourself. for free. Yeah, okay. Um, where are we? Jesus, the dogs are thirteen dollars. Head so head to head. Mine. That's got to be one of the biggest ones in history. <laughs> head to head. I've, I, like I, I can remember elevens and stuff before, but thirteen dollars has got to be close to a goddamn record, right? So pick your own line. Yep. The storm. What do we want? Forty. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give cats. him at least thirty. Cats. I wouldn't go as high as fifty though. Thirty is two dollars thirty. Right. Yeah, we're going to roll that into a, into a pappy hat trick as well, though. Forty is four dollars seventy. That's only two more tries, isn't it? It's over What's double, 50? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Fifty will be like fucking twelve bucks. I've asked you a question. <laughs> what? Do they even? Fifty's ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> oh, sorry, that, that's the storm minus fifty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's fifty-one. Yeah. Need a disrespectful field goal in there. That's the ultimate disrespectful. <laughs> No team, no as bad as teams have been this year though. No teams cracked fifty yet, right? Uh, Ryan Pappen. Oh, they've got exotics just for Pappy. Nice. Ryan Pappenhausen to individually score more points than the Canterbury Bulldogs is a dollar forty. <laughs> yeah, that's not even worth doing, is it? You just throw that in there as an extra leg. You want that plus three tries for him? I reckon. And then, and yeah, I, yeah, I'll done about fifty. Let's go. Give him. I'll give him forty. Uh, 40. I just feel like my contributions are being undermined. Hey, I said 30. You said 50. We meet in the middle. This is called compromise. You've got children. <laughs> this is this is how we reach agreement. I tell them what to do. Jackson says, okay. Leo says, go fuck yourself. And we move on. <laughs> and then you say, oh, and then, you, then you're like, all right. Nick, bring yeah. me his fucking jug cord. Here we and are. to score... <laughs> To score three or more tries? Yes. Actually, that did make it very easy to be a degenerate. Pappenhausen's paying $10 to score three or more. Yeah, because three tries is fucking... It's, I mean, it's not It's not a weekly easy occurrence, you know, to... 
to happen. To score two or more tries. Yeah. He's three dollars forty. Three forty. Well, if you're gonna fuck a donkey, you may as well fuck it till you come. You're gonna go to three, right? <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> 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 You know what? There's been a lot of shit said in the world in the last decade or so. But that's the first thing. That's the first thing that's actually rattled the bones of Steve Irwin. <laughs> so this right, week, so the degenerate multi. Degenerate multi. Let's go. Melbourne Storm. Yes. Minus 40 and a half points. Right. Pappenhausen to individually score more points than the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Yep. And Ryan Pappenhausen to score three or more tries. And what is that paying? Oh, hang on. You can't multi that. So take yeah. out the take take out the more points than yeah. the Bulldogs. Go three tries in the line. Okay, so that is nineteen dollars and seventy five cents. That seems strangely low. No, it's I mean, paying nineteen dollars. Yeah, no, no, that's what I mean. That seems strangely low. It's only a I two mean, leg, and they're both ten dollars. Well, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. 50, 50 was ten dollars. Right. There it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a tenner on that. All right. Better not fucking. Uh, again, well, I didn't have yeah, the opportunity Glenn. to because you both fucking cancelled out. I've been cancelled. Yeah, if they, but if they don't get that forty. Yeah. Then they were never going to get 50, so it's still your fault. <laughs> okay, I'll see how this is going to go. Right. <laughs> now, the Roosters take on the Sharks at the SCG. The Roosters' side, unchanged. The Sharky side, um, Ramian returns from suspension, replacing Connor Tracy in the back line. Uh, Tracy goes to the bench. Braden Trindle goes to the reserves. Now, look, the Sh- I feel like the Sharks have been performing um, better than expectations this season thus yes. far. And the Roosters... I mean, last week, though, far better than expectations, I thought, given the, the horrendous injury toll and you know, especially to key, key players. Yep. Um, but you know what? They, they they rallied around. Sam Walker did you know, did a great job, didn't overplay his hand, um, had some lovely touches, and you know, they, they looked fairly much you know, business as usual. Mm. Uh, will they be over, overcome the Sharkies this week? I don't think so. The danger for the the Roosters is with, with all of that youth in in the side. It's not going to be too hard for Cronulla to do that Cronulla thing and want to drag them into a quagmire. Mm. And if they get into that sort of battle, I think the Sharks are well placed to take advantage. Is it is it is it is it easy for the is it easy for the Sharks? Is it possible for the Sharks in twenty twenty one to drag teams into a quagmire? I think it is. Yeah. You know, look at how they played the Raiders. Yeah, that, that was exactly that sort of game where they just turned it into an absolute fucking grind fest. Uh, but failing that, I think there's enough there's enough experience in that Roosters team, you know, around the park to to get them home. I don't think it'll be the blowout it would have been were they at full strength. But Roosters, oh. yeah, I favour the Sharks in the close one. West Tigers take on the North Queensland Cowboys at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, Umbai comes into the starting 13, playing the centres this week. Uh, that pushes Tull out of the wing, and uh, Kapoa has got the uh, axe. Mm. She came onto the bench. The Cowboys, 
Tamalolo returns at lock. Maguire drops to the bench. Um, Tabuai Fido goes to the centers. Justin O'Neill is out, and uh, Felt comes in on the wing. Mm-hmm. Look, I think this is one of those free games, isn't it? So, I mean, Tigers are going to win, surely. By plenty. We always beat the fucking surely. Cowboys. Always. Thor. Thor.gif. How fucking dare you? Yeah. I just can't. I just can't see a way they lose. I mean, like the Tigers, are, the, the Tigers you c- capitulate terribly, and they and they can't put eighty minutes together. But they're just not. They're just not going to have to. I mean, like the Tigers, and that, that the first fifteen minutes that the Tigers can trot out is pr- usually pretty fucking good. And it's like I mean, like even the Eels last week. I mean, the Eels shot out to a massive lead, sort of you know from you know what the second half of the first half. But that for open the opening exchanges. I mean, I, I, aided and abetted by some horrible handling on Parramatta's side but it was all Tigers early they just couldn't capitalise on it mm. Tigers have had training runs that'll be fucking more of a contest than this match will be they'll be trotting out in the uh, predominantly black jerseys in honour of Tommy and it should be played at Campbelltown if we were truly honouring him but it's at Leichhardt it doesn't matter where they play even if we play him in Townsville we always beat the Cowboys it's the number one rule in life it's in the fucking bible if I cared to read it any thoughts, Joe? Uh, if North Queensland know how to catch balls, the Tigers are fucked. Because that seems to be the, the beginning of all of their attack. Uh, <laughs> a Dewey bomb. Th- this week and last week. Really, that that's where that's yeah. where everything started from. Yeah. And there's something in that Cowboys team. Like, and, and it may be that there's huge amounts of infighting and that all of this talk about squashing that now is just clubs doing what clubs do and trying to keep the lid on things. Yeah. Uh, or it may be that one of these weeks they're due for that game where they all work for each other and put in amazing defensive efforts and scramble like they've never scrambled before. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cole Feltz always a weapon just with his jumping ability. I, I think this one will be closer than a lot of people expect, but I think the Tigers will still get home. 15 years they've trotted out immortals of the game, origin representatives, superstars of the sport, still can't beat the Tigers. Won't matter. Tigers by plenty. The Eels take on the Dragons at Bankwest Stadium. The Eels side, Madison, is named to return. Um, Papa Lee goes back to the bench. Hipgrave pushed to the reserves. Ray Stone to the reserves. Bryce Cartwright comes onto the bench for his club debut. Oi. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like around the Parramatta circles, they're like, "Oh, you know, it's like the, you know the Cardi era. You know, the Cardi party's about to begin." And all like they're they're fucking looking forward to it. Uh, apparently, wow. he's been doing. He's apparently apparently preseason was good, and and lower grades have been good to Cardi. Maybe he's finally uh, found his place again. The uh, Dragon side. Jack Bird replaces uh, replaces Braden William, which is crazy. I mean, the guy's been their lucky fucking talisman the last couple of weeks. Uh, William goes to the bench. And Jackson Ford to the reserves. Now. I've got a question for Jay. Sorry. Yes. Go go for it. Just completely unrelated to this game, but related completely to Bryce Cartwright. Bryce, at his absolute, the best football he played for the Panthers. Yes. So Discounting all the other bullshit. The absolute best football he played for the Panthers Yep. Would he would he get a start with the Panthers seventeen if he if he was playing like that? Um 
the, and, and if so, where, where had, would he go? Was, well, just for, for context, that was the season before um, good old racist Griffin decided he was a half. Yeah. Or a 5'8", or wherever the fuck he played him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was a, a mobile second rower, lock, you know, yeah. wherever he, he was played. And the reason he was so good is that he was playing inside guys that he'd played with for years and years and years and years and years. That was that that Panthers junior team of destiny that had come mm. up and dominated every single grade since they were juniors. They'd all played together and they all they all knew each other and it was him there and then um, Wonga Blake and then DWZ on the wing. You know, that, that side was absolute magic when they were on. Mm. So I think being honest about it, just his form on its own, no, he wouldn't mm. get a start because it wouldn't have had that connection to those other guys on his outside. Mm. Um, but he, he, to me, is almost... You know, we, we talk sometimes about the greatest thing that never was. Yeah, I agree. Like, that that season that he was it, shuffled into the six and made to do a whole bunch of stuff that, that just felt unnatural. It was beyond him, yeah. Um, and then also had that, that horrible stuff happen off the field. And and I don't care who you are. If if you have some sort of influence on somebody topping themselves, um, mm-hmm. e- even if it was, you know, realistically... You know, take it takes two to tango. I guess is the most politically correct way I can sum up that situation. Mm. Um, or you know, takes two to sign a deed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that shit it it's fucked with his head, and and we all know that the mental side of this game is just as important as the physical. Yeah, well, that's probably not. You you probably can't be you know fat and strong willed. <laughs> Succeed in the NRL. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't have the hardened mentality of like a Jeff Tuvey and put it. Put it into. Put it into fucking like you know current day George Rose and say that's a fucking star player. You just can't. Yeah, no, however, I that however, statement. there's some. However, there's some absolute fucking planks out there yeah. in bodies of fucking so, Greek gods that can play the game of rugby league like you wouldn't on. fucking believe. So, yes. apologies for getting off track. I, I think Parramatta win this game uh, quite convincingly. I think they'll be a lot better than they were last week. That was very much an off week for them and um, they'll be focused on the fact that they they got away with that one and, and put in a, a much better performance and I think the Dragons won't be up to it. be interesting to see what the Dragons do. Like if, if, if I'm Hook, all I'm doing with the halves all week is just putting fucking cardboard cutouts of Blake Ferguson in the corner of the field and just having them bomb to him all fucking week. Yeah. They're doing no other training. Yep. They're just learning what that fucking crooked-nosed, bald-headed sex offender looks like from every angle mm-hmm. so they can pick him out at the end of every single set. Yep. But, yeah, no, you're right. I think Parramatta will get home. Right, into the mailbag, and we got a fucking bumper mailbag tonight to get through, let me tell you. But, um, so I'm just going to scan through some of these, but it's because fucking, I'll just like to say in advance, thank you for the quality contributions, folks, because uh, there's some good stuff there. Okay, uh, Ross first up said, Bunkers call on forward passes. 
This might be a little behind the news, but listening to the push to have the bunker make calls on forward passes has got me a bit worried. Not sure where I saw it. Uh, maybe it was on YouTube, but I saw an exercise where the ground was marked every metre and they had two players run through at high speed, one directly behind the other. First player threw the ball back over his head to the second player. Now, when they run it in slow motion, the second player catches the ball in front of where the first player threw it. How can you possibly rule on that? Exactly. You this can't. is why they. This is why they haven't been. That they've they've never taken the step before. And I think the best option that they've they've kind of floated has been the, you know, having some sort of you know, accelerometer, whatever device inside the balls, to actually handle the physics of the situation. But I mean, like the way that you yeah. you've described it there, that's why that's why they haven't ever put it to video before because that because of that effect. That's I mean. It. That, 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 that phenomenon means it's impossible to rule on uh, you with accuracy. My so. issue with that is that it's not a fucking hard concept to explain. Yeah, exactly. Like it, well, the ball is moving at the same mm. speed as the player. Yep. Now, if you throw that ball, it's moving at the same speed minus the amount of force mm-hmm. that they've put into the pass with the kinetic energy of their arms. Yeah. You know, does the bunker understand how to calculate that? In, into how far beyond where the player threw it? Yeah. Fucking no. Well, that means they need to put fucking power bands on the player's wrist as well so they can determine the velocity of the arms throwing the ball. Yeah, to that's add, it. You know, well, to add the, well, the, accelerometer the, the accelerometer in that would tell you because there'd be a sharp change of direction while the act of passing happened. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is, even the most basic of shit, why do we not have overhead cameras? Like, yeah, you know, it's... we've got protocols in place now for concussions. Surely it's not that much of a risk to have a drone flying up above the players. I mean, it's not like anyone would bring something like, you know, I don't know, a gel blaster to the game and try and shoot the drone out of the sky. So or, fucking... or, or, like, or like fucking, you know, bottled water or beers, <laughs> half-full tinnies. Or... <laughs> towels, rally towels especially. I mean, they'd be fucking great to get caught up in the rotors. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah. yeah, bunker on forward passes, tough. Yeah, and look, the, the technology yeah probably exists and can be can be you know manipulated to to make an accurate way of doing it, but it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen in the short term anyway. And he said, "P.S. I'm developing a chubby, thinking of Teddy at fullback, Turbo and Pappy in the centres for New South Wales, bringing back memories of that night of the Perth game and an unstoppable attack." I applaud you for your erection, sir. <laughs> but uh, Tommy Turbo will never play State of Origin ever again. That's my prediction. The cunt yeah. is a biscuit, and he will never be fit enough for Origin ever again. You may much as sad. You may, you may. That one may come. That may come. That one may come a cropper as as as, re, as soon as this year. <laughs> but we shall see. <laughs> uh, Terry said, uh, "I've come up with a comprehensive plan to resolve the Matt Burton impasse. Step one: the Panthers take Dylan Napa." <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the entire plan. That was apparently on the cards. Apparently, Trent Barrett came they back. Tr- to they us. tried that, yeah. They, 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 the doggies tried it, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. You take, you take, you take Big Nappy. Yeah. Like it, it's almost as if Trent Barrett doesn't know who the fucking starting props for Penrith yeah. are. <laughs> like, fuck me. Yeah, no, nah, that was a joke. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, Do you see Troy- the rumours also uh, that Burton's now trying the backflip? Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone told me. Do we prefer, talk about that? I'm, I'm yeah, we mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Troy says, our thoughts on the reintroduction of the 20s and the expansion of the game to incorporate two extra teams. Is it sustainable with the current state of the game? I don't think so. This, the 20s, like, this is this is where you start, where Volandi starts to get off track, you know, like, he's just throwing, fuck it. <laughs> that guy, just, he throws so much stuff and there's no thought put into it. Mm. There is no thought. There is literally no thought into the reintroduction of the twenties. It's just there's this, you know, social media swell of new rules. Bad. How do we fix it? And and, and so and Volandis is like going, oh, yeah, yeah, it must mean teams bad. I oh, know what, what makes teams good. Twenties. No, 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 no. No, what that is is this was something we were already discussing. So I give so little fucks about all you plebs out there bitching at me that I'm just going to tell you what we're already planning on doing, and I'm going to tell you we're doing it for whatever you're pissed off at. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. Uh, what do I think about it? I don't think much of it, to be honest. Is yeah. the New South Wales and Queensland or Intrust Cup, is that system really not working to such a degree that you've got to revisit the 20s that you got rid of because it wasn't working? I uh, and there's the additional expenses of the clubs having to fly, you know, additional teams around all over the place for, you know, the various, you know. And just, how many clubs are making a profit back from the, as it stands right now? And then this is the game that was, you know, fucking dead and buried in March last year. Mm. You know, the potential for the entire fucking league going, yeah, it's just, yeah, no, nah, not at all. Um, in, in a perfect world, fuck the 20s. I want a proper reserve grade competition mm-hmm. that's a pathway for players coming up and also a pathway for players on the way out. Yep. Why put an age limit on it? Yep. Danny says, uh, a twill show bag. What would be in it and how big would the Mars bars be? You can't half tell I've been to the show today. <laughs> oh, the fucking Easter show's on. How good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Rona. You didn't get it. Did you used to go to the show <laughs> when you were a kid? Loved yeah. it. Fucking loved yeah, it. It's fucking so good. We took, we took our boys um, a few years ago uh, for the first time and- yeah, fucking lot of memories, a lot of memories. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the people behind the counter at the showbag pavilion selling toil showbags. They'd be special individuals. Oh yeah, they sell what the you know the carnies sell what people are going to buy. That's a you know that that's a fuck. special kind of carny <laughs> selling this stuff. <laughs> well, like based on what's in every other showbag, yeah, there would have to be. Like they'd have to be like a a terrible plush version of the three of us. Yeah, you got or one mask. Of, one yeah, of those rubber one masks. Of the three. Yeah, yeah. You get to pick. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, all those masks. Yeah, like the, yeah. Um, <laughs> you'd you'd have um, there would be definitely Mars bar or like a pack of fun size Mars bars or whatever you know like. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be. It'd be like Morrow bars. <laughs> 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 oh no! I feel like it has to be on brand. It'd be the Mars bars, and then there'd be like a big Toblerone in there or something as well. You no, know, but this is the thing, Matt. You, you you're thinking too highly of the show bag manufacturers. Then there's I mean, also plenty of show bags that have like yeah. There's, there's, there's there also have to be something them, you know? that's that's like just totally off brand, like the official Twill Nation yo-yo or something <laughs> yeah. like just something that we've never discussed or had anything yeah, to yeah. do with. Yeah. Yeah. Novelty <laughs> novelty um like furry gloves. Stop it. Like I, very, like I still paws. have a cupboard. I still have a cupboard at home that has, I reckon, four versions of a furry glove from the last meetup we had, <laughs> where people just thought they were fucking hilarious. 
<laughs> and turned up <laughs> and like smacked me across the face with it. <laughs> Fucking degenerates. Um, what else we have here? Uh, oh, a circle of trust discussion. Ideas to, an idea to stop players coasting until it's contract renewal time and limit the time required to turn around a roster that has been created by dud signings. All player contracts then become two years, except for marquee players in every team, four players in each team, which can be up to four years. This also has a publication of players' salaries and any third-party agreements, so it ensures that player talent moves around. Clubs can use this in- income data to negate the managers, inflating their salary negotiations, and fans can see a transparent salary cap that's being applied fairly. So this knowledge and the two-year contract turnaround will allow teams to pick up and dispose of players as required without the need for 10-year plans. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in theory, it solves the problems. Yep. I mean, in, in practice, I mean, you know, given we've got a players association, it would never allow the fucking publication. And, Ever. Yeah. You know, of transparent salary. So that's, yeah. Which I, is, which I think is, what we need, and said it 100 times before, is a model like the NFL, where there is a certain percentage of your contract that is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then there is a certain percentage that is based on whatever the fucking club wants, be it KPIs, be it this, be it that, be it wins, be it staying fit and healthy. Yep. Um, you know, would also then have to that that would take something like the NRL coming down and saying that if a player is injured, to the extent that their contract is cancelled, that there is an insurance policy in place that will, you know, pay that player out and will give salary cap dispensation to the, the club. But um, there's a lot of other moving parts you'd need to fix. But to me, that model, it already works in yeah. a major sporting code. Yep. Uh, why, why the fuck can't we do it? Uh, it's because we're in this weird fucking situation where, where sports players technically fall under the same labor laws as everyone else in the country. Yep. Um, James said, after a few weeks of listening to the Morse code coming from Real Dad's feed, I've managed to decipher the following words, which can only be described as a cry for help. Uh, number nine, decline. <laughs> Drop on the fucking ball, Lottie. Run TMB and settle the fuck down. Mick Potter's got this. <laughs> Comments, please. Beep, 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 beep. Fuck you, beep. Mick Potter. Jeez, that brings um, back some air. I, I read that earlier and I was like, oh, fuck. I remember thinking, this is the guy. He's just come back from a successful uh, premiership winning season overseas. He's he's the guy. Yeah. He was not, he was was not the guy. With no chin. He was not the guy. I told you he could coach. <laughs> he was not the guy. <laughs> it was funny. I was, uh, I was watching a little video a uh, little tribute to Tommy coaching the 99 Magpies to the finals. And uh, they just happened to be playing the North Sydney Bears. I was watching it this evening. And um, as the Magpies were celebrating, Jason Taylor was trudging off the field looking very despondent, sporting the exact same face that he was <laughs> that he had when he left the West Tigers all those years later. So, but um, well, That he had weekly in the coaching box <laughs> yeah, at the West Tigers. Yes. <laughs> So um, I like to think that we are working pretty hard to uh, alleviate the Morse code and associated issues. That was like only the first episode of, you know, it was, it was early on. that. I haven't, I haven't heard that so, so much since. Um, Dan said, I was coming here to say um, hashtag darts out for Tommy. 
And I just saw Terry's post above about uh, Reggie the rabbit getting pummeled. Mm. And, and I want fucking blood. Imagine your team being so shit, your best win you get is punching an old codger in a rabbit costume. He's a fucking icon no matter which team you support. And I implore you, nay, demand you to call for a bloodthirsty lynch mob to hunt these fuckers down. I do not want them named and shamed. I want their wriggly corpses hanging from the lights over Redfern Oval. Oh, I remember my old man passion. spraying some uh, adolescence for um, mouthing off at Mark the Magpie as we exited Campbelltown Stadium one game. They were just being fuckheads. Well, and he a... was he was actually still had his costume on, but he was like moving over to where all his you know, sort of his gear and everything and the fans were sort of streaming out and yeah, these kids were mouthing fucking obscenities at him. And Dad said something along the lines of fucking tough cunts or something like that, mouthing off at someone in a fucking costume is just fucking trying to bring a bit of entertainment Little cunts, fuck off and, I don't know, probably told him to go read a book or some fucking thing. I don't know. Surprised he didn't glass him. Uh, Josh, Josh just says, how many clown Funko Pops does Nate have and can he send one to real dad for old time's sake? Uh, and I only just now as I read this, I remember there is a story. <laughs> and you, there's two, there's probably a couple of stories. The, the first one was like the way I had my office set up, I did have, specifically I had one on my desk. And uh, and and every time you'd come over, you'd you'd pick it up and you'd put it on a on a, you'd put it on a shelf like where you couldn't yeah, see it and turn it around the other way. Yep, and turn it around so it was facing away from yeah. you. Yeah, that that was like a weekly thing. And so I used to try and just like hide it and like put it in different positions where you wouldn't see it. But then, but then I remembered when I sent you. Well, what was it? Was it your fortieth birthday? Was, yeah. Yes, you fuckhead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember what I did. Do you remember what I did? I remember that party. No, you didn't. Do you know how you I remember? You weren't fucking it? invited. Because Glenn rang me and said, "I'm having a party. It's this date," and I cleared my calendar, <laughs> and the invite never came in the mail. That never happened. I I got fuck you. It didn't happen. <laughs> that never happened. Rang me. I organise babysitters. <laughs> that is a load of shit. That is a load of shit. You know we get bullshit. It's not. 100 guaranteed. It's some... I swear. Yeah. What do you swear on? On, on Nathan On Nathan Cleary's yeah, hamstring. Yeah, that's what I thought. Never fucking <laughs> happened. But yes. I was driving through Everton Park when I took the phone call. I was overjoyed. <laughs> that is a fucking lie. And then You're I just get, telling lies. I get Nate ringing me. Saying, are we going up together? Are you getting somewhere to stay? And I had to say to him, I don't think I've got to start. Jeez. <laughs> His wife's fucking snubbed me. Ah, oh, she's a good woman. <laughs> Jesus. Nah, fuck that cunt. It was a good time. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I remember. That was after everyone, like it was, a, well, it was like a 4 p.m. start for the party, but no one from Brisbane, except for maybe us, because we went, we, we left to go early because we were going to check into our um, accommodation and then, and then, you know, come down. But so, so we actually were aiming to be there, you know, several hours before the actual event was going to start. But there was a, a fatal accident on Darren Lockyer Way, which basically sealed it, shut the road down. Yeah. And so everyone, everyone coming from Brisbane, which was probably what 80% yes, of the people coming yeah. to the, thing yeah they no one got there before like six o'clock everyone made up for a bit because there's lots of piss drunk but there was a gift there was a gift with your present yeah with 
It was. It was a gift a, box. Uh, a book, which a nice I have. A bottle of Japanese yes, whiskey. Tribe of Mentors, which I still have on my shelf here. A bottle of yep. Nika whiskey, which I have in my uh, alcohol cupboard. Did you, did you, what, what whiskey did you say? It's Nick, Nick whiskey, isn't it? Oh, okay. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I was like, I thought, I thought um, that it's I'd pronounced, fucking... it's pronounced, pronounced Niger whiskey. For <laughs> <laughs> the region it's, got, it's from. It's not racist. It's got three Ks. Not, there's no Gs. <laughs> <laughs> just two Ks, not three Ks. Like. Yeah, and then so so I remember there was a there was a, a book there in the whiskey, and then underneath that was it underneath no, that it I had was, a, it, was, other... it was right on top in wrapped in a, was it? a lovely yeah, so, box and perfect yeah. wrapping and a fucking I was like I just opened it. The card was was lovely, and I opened it and I was this fucking guy, this fucking guy. And what I put in there was like a Pennywise. Yeah. Yep, the fucking yeah. most hated one. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, no, the, yeah, we've done the the clown thing. We've definitely done in the past. Um, Andrew said, with teams willing willingly giving away six again um, penalties on the zero and first tackle, should the league revert to conventional penalties on these tackles? Um, I wouldn't be against it. It's crazy, and sometimes I mean, because like if if I'm coaching a side and we've done a deep kick and they're working it out from like sort of ten meters out from their own line. I'm giving away the fucking six again, six. I'm giving that away until they get out of their 20. Yep. Just keep fucking smashing them, <laughs> smashing them, holding them down, smashing them and, until they get out of their 20. Then after that, I'm like, all right, you, got, you know, you don't want to give them too much of a leg up down the field. But, oh, fuck yeah. They can have they can have one or two free tackles, you know, if, if you know, you hold them down and completely fuck them up and pin them down for sure. Yeah. And I think, and I think you know, maybe not for infringements on the zero and first tackle I think maybe just like repeated you know when teams are, are clearly doing that then maybe you make a penalty an option there because that would certainly put a stop to it because um, it's much different giving them one extra tackle where they can maybe get five meters because they're so pinned down versus giving them a free ride downfield with a penalty kick for line um, Daniel said at least Tommy got to see the Broncos win the spoon <laughs> RIP legend <laughs> hashtag fuck the Broncos <laughs> that's brilliant uh, oh, tremendous! Thank you, thank you to all who uh, who uh, sent stuff into the mailbag. Um, tons of them this week, though, so I appreciate it. But it made it, uh, yeah, I could, that I couldn't read all of them out. Um, but that's it. That's full time for episode three eighty eight. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, our Facebook group, especially. Um, Head to our link tree, Google Twill Nation link tree. It'll be a top result. Head to thisweekinleague.com and check on the right sidebar and all our links are there as well. If you want to support the show, consider signing up to our Patreon. We've got options that go from uh, $2 and up. And it's patreon.com forward slash this uh, forward slash Twill Nation. So get in there and uh, that's where weekly member sodes, uh, additional content, plus some other great stuff like merch and uh, things that happen on the grand final weekend as well, which are going to be fucking great that I'm super excited about, especially. Um, drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Fucking tell a friend. And, of course, we've got memberships and hoodies for sale as well. And uh, get on those hoodies a bit more. I need to sell some more of those motherfuckers to, uh, to, make, the, uh, to make it work. 
financially for, for, for us. But um, you can go to thisweekinleague.com, click on store, and then we've got our classic memberships, which have a t-shirt and some other great merch, stickers, etc. And we also have the hoodies as well. So grab the, grab one of those. And thank you to everyone who's jumped on them already as well, because um, especially the classic memberships have gone off this year. So uh, really do appreciate the support. Um, do you guys have anything else that you would like to uh, say before we wrap this one up? Looking forward to the Tigers adding no, to their for and against this week. Okay. Oof. That, that's so it's sad. It's, that's fucking depressed me. That's what you're happy about. Ah. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 15 years of mediocrity, mate. <laughs> I've got to fucking cling to something. <laughs> no. Anything you want to add, Dad? No. No, you... that's fine. I'm too yeah, sad. Same. Now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on uh, on that note, we'll uh, talk to you fellas again on Sunday. Later. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.